Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Corey Ziegler, CIO at Fort Drum Regional Health Planning Organization. In this segment, Ziegler discusses the challenge of weeding through data to get actionable information into the hands of decision makers, how he's leveraging the concept of service leadership to better position the organization for Medicaid redesign, and the most important lessons he took from his time in the military. HealthSystemCIO.com podcasts are sponsored by Improvada, the healthcare IT security company ranked number one by class for secure messaging and single sign-on. For more information, visit their website at Improvada.com. There's so much that has to go into that and so many uh, areas to consider. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, the, uh, the data quality, consistency, and completeness is definitely the, the linchpin of the whole operation. Yeah. If you don't get that right, um, you're pretty much sunk. And in some ways, though, I, I would think that um, being this type of model does have it, it, its challenges as far as that when you're talking about you know, all these different data sources and, and the different systems being used. But you really just have to have, have a way, like you said, to, uh, to have all this data, have the quality, have the completeness. And uh, I would think that it takes a really kind of like a good system in place that you have to uh, kind of perfect over the years. Hey, absolutely. And the hard part about being rather small um, is that, you know, we're really dependent on some key resources here. We've got some incredibly intelligent and talented folks that have uh, been learning this from the very beginning um, and really have deep insight uh, to what works and what doesn't work. Um, and we're hoping with the new solution, we also have, uh, it's got a built-in data governance uh, tool set. And so we're hoping to kind of expand our capability or automate some of the uh, typical functions that the folks have been doing by hand. But until you really get roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty in this data um, and, and understand it, um, it, it's really hard. And, and I don't think that it's fair to think that through machine learning or other completely automated processes that if we don't get eyes on the data that you can really tell a clinician or a decision uh, maker it that the data is, you know, is good, it, 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 how confident you are in the data. Many times we get these reports from these automated systems. I'll just use claims from the payers as an example. And there'll be 90, 100 pages of things that the provider is asked to do. And, you know, 30 of the patients aren't alive anymore. You know, 20 had it done. They just had it done somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, they just, they find it absolutely useless. And we can't replicate that same system with, you know, with the population health management. We've really got to weed that stuff out and give them truly actionable data that they can, that they'll find valuable and take care of their patients. Right. Now, as part of FDR HPO, what, what kind of staff do you have there that works with you? We've got, in, in, in grand total, we have uh, 37 folks here okay. um, all together, and that includes our, our leadership team, um, and then on the IT side, uh, we have 12 folks, including myself, and those are made up of clinical analysts, patient-centered medical home content experts, the PCMH CCEs, um, and our data analysts. All right, and then you, and you said you've been there about six years? Yep. Okay. 
before that, you you were um, the CIO at a smaller hospital. Correct, Canton Potsdam Hospital. Okay. In New York. So, um, can you just talk a little bit about that that transition of going from from a, a hospital to to this kind of organization, which is really something pretty different? Yeah, I uh, thought I had little control working in the hospital. Um, and then I came here, and, and I have absolutely no control. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, it's definitely much more varied and maybe a little bit more chaotic um, in that, you know, like I said, we none, none of these uh, none of these folks work for us or are owned by us um, or in a, a defined system with contracts. So um, it's really about um, continuing to communicate that value statement for them as a provider, them as a business, and, and of course, the betterment of their patients. So I spend uh, you know, a lot of time out in the community with the providers and some of the different organizations. I feel that my role here is a lot more community-based. I felt like it was a lot more inside the four walls of the hospital uh, before because the hospitals themselves are just such complex systems. You know, I, I hand it to each and every of the CIOs that are trying to take care of hospitals because it is it is no easy job. Um, so this one is different, um, cha- more challenging in some ways, but a lot less challenging in others. Yeah. So you have those the CIOs that that you work with, and if one of them, if there's a new person taking over the role, is it? Uh, I imagine that maybe it's kind of a strange thing for them to to get used to that. You know that that they work with this larger organization that where as you said it's not an ownership situation so it's something kind of different that might take an adjustment. Yeah, I think that you know, like you said, it's it's a little it takes a little bit to to get their head around, and yeah. once we can um, establish some rapport and trust that you know there's no agenda, you know their success is is the community success. So it's really you know I I look externally like I look internally with my team about really leveraging uh, service leadership you know is is what can I do to make them successful you know what what can we do to help and right. and we approach that uh, with every engagement and uh, you know it takes a little getting used to uh, it's yeah. not maybe how they've been treated elsewhere or you know they've had some bad experiences but eventually once you get that trust down um, it does a couple things for you. Obviously, one, it, it's a much better relationship, but the the other is that you can move a lot faster. You know, I, I uh, read the book, The Speed of Trust, and uh, that is so true. You know, if you have that trust there, you can take some chances and you can move forward at, at a much better rate um, than you can if um, you don't have that relationship. So, it's a it's a key foundation of being successful, and I think it's one of the things that has allowed us to be so successful here with this disrupt, uh, because this is a completely new program. Is that we've had this relationship with all our members here for many many years. There's 25 of them in New York State that are doing this disrupt Medicaid redesign. That uh, they they don't know their partners, and so they really have a huge challenge because they're going out, you know, pretty much saying hi for the first time and asking them to significantly change the way that they're uh, delivering care. And so having had that relationship with the folks in our community, I think it's given us a huge advantage. Yeah. And we haven't had a lot of turnover at the CIO level, so that's good too. 
Oh, yeah, that definitely helps. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, you have, uh, you were in the military as well, Army, right? Yep, yep. Okay. That's something that's always interesting to me as um, in terms of how that kind of shapes um, the, the leadership style that you take on and how do you think that uh, that military experience has, has shaped your leadership role? Well, I, I give the military a lot of credit in that they, they do concentrate on training leaders. You know, in, in healthcare, I think that, you know, you're so busy just trying to keep the lights on and take good care of patients that um, a lot of times folks end up in leadership positions just through longevity. You know, they're yeah. kind of the nurse that's been there the longest, and, all, and they're the nurse manager now. And the, sometimes they were a fantastic nurse, um, but they, uh, you know, find a lot of challenges in, in managing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I came in with what I feel like was some pretty good tools, but also there were some challenges. Um, one, you know, coming from the Department of Defense, um, I, I wouldn't say we're flush with cash, but um, coming into a small rural hospital and just having budget discussions, my frame of reference for what was a lot of money um, yeah. was a little different. Um, so that took a little getting used to. And I think the military tends to lean a little more towards a controlling leadership style. And I really had to adjust that um, to more of a collaborative uh, leadership style. Um, and even more so when I took this next position. So you, you have to, you know, find the right approach and change your leadership style, you know, for the for the situation. But I I do owe a lot to the years that I spent in the military. I don't know that my any of my education uh, in flying helicopters has helped me much with healthcare, but um, I I do think that the leadership training that I received has helped me a great deal. Yeah. Well, that's, that's supposed to help with uh, stress, right? Managing stress, having been in that situation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just just slightly different, though. It is nice to say that you know when things get really bad here. I, well, nobody's shooting at us. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Okay. Well, I think that that covers what I wanted to talk about. Um, it, it, it's interesting for me, and I think it's going to be really interesting for the readers too, because um, you know, like we've talked about, this is a unique organization, but it's really not that different from what a lot of uh, organizations are trying to get to, and uh, ha having this model of, of shared data. And um, so, I think that's going to be valuable to hear about what you're doing. So, I uh, appreciate your time. Oh, not at all. I, you know, I think that's very uh, intuitive. Uh, statement because as folks move to value-based purchasing, the influence on whether or not you succeeded or fail isn't inside the four walls of the hospital. It's out in the community. That's where the patients live, and that's where they're receiving the majority of their care. and And, uh, and you're at the end of the chain of that event uh, at the hospital. So your yeah. circle of influence um, needs to be expanded well out into the community if you're going to be successful. Yeah. All right. Well, um, definitely want to touch base with you d again down the road to see how things are, are going, especially with uh, with pop, pop Health and everything. But um, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I hope to see you uh, soon in the future. Yeah, me too. Take care. All right. Thank you, Corey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, 
visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.